Welcome to Smart Poker Study, brought to you by ThePokerForge.com. I'm your coach, Sky Matsuhashi, and this is the podcast for profitable play and study strategies. Along with those, I give you action steps to take because action is the greatest teacher. My goal is to turn you, my student, into the player that you want to be on your poker journey, one step at a time. Let's do this. Alrighty, let's get to the questions and answers. So it's been a long time since I did a Q&A uh, podcast, but I got some really good questions that kind of relate, not kind of, they directly relate to a lot of stuff, a lot of different podcast episodes and a lot of current stuff we have at smartpokerstudy.com. So it's, this is going to be a really good podcast for you to listen to with a lot of resources for you to uh, follow up on to learn more about having a poker development plan, outs and odds practice, and going overboard on HUD use. Those are the three uh, question topics today. Of course, to dive more into each of those, to learn a little bit more from prior podcasts and articles and stuff, you got to go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod three, three, four. Okay, no more games. Let's get to the questions and the answers. Gambate. We win and they get the chips. That sucks, dude. Dude, I'm telling you, it's jobs. We gotta get jobs. Then we get the khakis. Then we get the chicks. Starting tomorrow, we gotta stop playing games. The first question comes to us from Greg. He says, hey, Sky, first off, thanks for creating such a frequent and informative podcast. So, I figured I could ask a specific question and get a good answer to help one point of my game. But as the saying goes, give a man a fish and he will eat for a day, but teach him to fish and he will never be hungry. So do you have a development plan for poker? As in an order of what to learn and to what level? I'm currently at the conscious, incompetent stage of learning, but I'm sure there are lots of concepts that I'm not aware of. And then he goes on to say a nice little message at the end. May your bad beats be cheap and your pots be positive. Well, thank you, Greg, for that email. Um, Any development plan, it must build your skills around the most common situations first. Then you build upon that solid foundation. Uh, your Your development plan should also teach you the most profitable ways to play, then teach you the most costly mistakes to avoid. Now, I laid out a super detailed 40 uh, over 40 episode podcast arc called my minimum effective dose series. You can find the first one by going to smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 87, or there's a link in the show notes page for today. Uh, uh, that minimum effective dose series, it outlines the 10 fundamentals and I put them in order. Everything that you need to study, you need to learn all the strategies, all the action steps that you need to take in order to become a great poker player. Uh, I also laid out those exact same 10 topics in my books, pre-flop online poker and then post-flop online poker. So all of that, those are super detailed, I mean, highly detailed development plans, right? But I'm all about KISS, keep it simple, stupid. So uh, for your question, Greg, and for the answer today, I want to give you the most simple development plan that hits exactly what you need for profitable and fun poker. That's a key thing, right? You want poker to be profitable, but at the same time, you want to enjoy your poker journey. And doing these four things makes poker easier and more enjoyable for you, which is most likely going to lead to more studying, more play, more fun, more profits. So here is my four-part poker development plan. Part one is to live for bread and butter. So bread and butter, it's uh, seeing the flop in position, 
as the preflop raiser versus one or two other players. It's a concept that I initially learned from Tommy Angelo in his book Elements of Poker, and my own poker game and what I teach my students is all about bread and butter now. When you live for bread and butter, it ingrains the most important aspects for profitable poker in your skill set. Namely, those two aspects that you need for profitable poker are understanding and, uh, and utilizing the value of position and the value of having the stronger preflop range. So when you live for bread and butter, uh, you strive for positional advantage with every single hand that you play. And if you can't have post-flop position, you're giving that advantage to someone else, and it makes poker less profitable and obviously less fun. You hate playing out of position, right? And you love being in position. Yeah, live for bread and butter. Strive for that positional advantage. Also, when you live for bread and butter, you strive to be the last raiser pre-flop. That means you have the best hands in your range. Pocket queens, pocket kings, aces, right? And your opponent who called you preflop, they don't have those in their range. They've got a weaker range, which gives you that mathematical preflop advantage. Now, you might be holding jack nine suited, but they don't know that, right? You came in for the race they called. For all they know, you have ace, king, aces, queens, jacks, tens in your range, all that good stuff, right? Now, When you uh, have bread and butter, you have that range advantage with that mathematical advantage and the positional advantage against them, it is so hard for them to overcome that in the long run. And when you live for bread and butter, you avoid the things that make poker difficult, like being out of position post-flop, or being the pre-flop caller, or playing in multi-way pots. You avoid all that stuff when you live for bread and butter. So I want you to learn to live for bread and butter before you do anything else. This is the critical foundation of profitable fun poker. And to help you, because I dive deep uh, into bread and butter poker in a podcast episode number 243. It's called On the Hunt for Bread and Butter Profits. And you can find it in the show notes page for today, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod three, three, four. Okay, that was a long part one. Parts uh, two, three, and four are a little bit quicker and easier, but part two is become a three-bet warrior. So there's no other preflop play that puts your opponents in such an uncomfortable spot than three-betting them. You know this for yourself. You hate getting three-bet, right? So... Players these days, they're open raising with such wide ranges that they have a hard time facing three bets. And if you make your three bets from in position against them, hey, you're now living for bread and butter in three bet pots. So to become a three bet warrior, you must limit your calls and look for every opportunity to three bet for value when they can call with worse and to three bet bluff them when they're folding a massive part of their range. And of course, thinking about position, thinking about bread and butter, you want to do most of your three bets from the cutoff and the button. Now, to help you uh, do some further studies, I have four prior episodes dedicated to turning you into a three-bet warrior. They're episodes number 104, 105, 107, and 108. And you could find links to all of these uh, in the show notes page. Or, of course, you can go to smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 104 slash pod 105 slash pod 107 slash pod 108. That'll take you directly to those different posts. All right, part three is to become a CBET tactician. So because you're striving for bread and butter, you have the C-betting initiative all the time. You're going to be making C-bets more than you're facing them. So you must learn to capitalize on this massive advantage. 
I'm not going to dive into seabedding here and what it all is about because I have four episodes to help you. Once again, episodes number 133, 134, 135, and 137. So it's obvious, right? I'm giving you this uh, development plan right now, but I'm giving you podcast episodes, things I've taught in the past that's going to help you follow through and learn through this plan and develop uh, your skills in these critical areas. So part four is to become an in-game poker hand reader. Now, to do this, to hand read in-game, you gotta first learn how to hand read off the felt. You have to learn how to review your hands and uh, simultaneously with a program like Flopzilla Pro, assign your opponent a pre-flop range based on their actions, and then narrow that range through the streets. Now, to help you become an off-the-felt hand reader, I have an epic post on hand reading. Just go to smartpokerstudy.com slash handreading. Now, after you learn to do handreading off the felt, you have to practice doing it in-game. And you could do this on your own. You could figure out how to do this on your own. Uh, Whenever somebody makes a play pre-flop, you put them on a range, you visualize how that range interacts with the board, and then you narrow their range through the streets. Uh, Basically, remove hands that don't fit their post-flop actions. But... So you could do that on your own, of course, and it just takes some practice. But I teach you how to do it specifically within my hand reading course in The Poker Forge. So if you're not a member yet, I highly recommend thepokerforge.com. All right, question two today is about outs and odds practice. Now, this one comes from Wendy. She says, hi, Sky. I don't know what I really need to learn next, but I think poker math would be a good next step. I understand the basic concept of odds from listening to your podcast on the subject, but I'm not sure how to practice and how to start implementing the outs and odds math into my game. And then she said, thanks, Wendy. So uh, thank you very much for the question, Wendy. Um, Back in episode number 325, that was called Counting Outs and Making Profitable Calls. And again, you can find a link to this in the show notes page, right? I covered in detail how to calculate the chance of hitting your draw and how to determine if the price is right to call your opponent's bet. So I want you to check out that episode for the math side of the outs and odds uh, equation or the outs and odds concept. But I want to answer Wendy's more important question of how to practice outs and odds math. You know, obviously, I'm all about action. Action is the greatest teacher. So this is a great question from Wendy. I have two recommendations for you. The first is off-table practice. Um, So what I want you to do uh, within your Poker Tracker 4 database, find hands where you flopped a draw. Doesn't matter the draw, straight draw, flush draw, combo draw, I don't care. Find flopped draws. Uh, You can easily filter for this in Poker Tracker, right? Well, I want you over the next one week, seven days, review 10 hands per day where you run the outs and odds math for all of these hands. So use the times two rule to calculate your chance of completing your draw on the next street. That gives you your chance of hitting, right? Then compare this to the odds your opponent is offering you with their bet size. Now, by the seventh day, you will have drilled the math 70 times with 70 actual hands that you've played in the past. And it's going to become second nature, right? Doing this kind of math. But it's going to become second nature off the felt. On the felt, when you actually have uh, money at stake, you're actually playing against players in the moment, that takes a little bit more work. So uh, recommendation number two for you, Wendy, and everybody else, is while you're doing this uh, 10 hands per day over seven days off the felt, I want you to do some simultaneous in-game practice. Over the next seven days, you're going to be focused on running the outs and odds math 
every time you flop a draw and you face a bet, right? You're doing it off the felt. You've got to be doing it on the felt too. But it doesn't happen all that often where you actually get to the flop and face a draw and face a bet, right? What does happen all the time are random flops hit after you've already exited the hand preflop. So when you're not involved in a hand, let's say you fold in the cutoff, the button opens, and then the big blind calls, right? And the flop comes. Hey, this is your chance to be paying attention and to imagine that you held a draw on whatever the board. So you fold in the cutoff, button opened, uh, big blind calls. Imagined you're, imagine you're the big blind. And now the jack, 10, 3 rainbow hits. So what kind of hands give you a draw? If you were the big blind, you could hold 8, 9, on the jack 10 3, that's an open ended straight draw. Maybe you could hold king queen for an open ended draw plus two over cards. Or maybe you have 8 7 for a gut shot draw, or just any other kind of draw you can think of. I want you to count your outs. Remember, you're just imagining you have this hand. You're not involved, so there's no pressure on you. You see the flop, imagine a hand, count your outs, calculate your chance of hitting. And when a player makes a bet, determine if you would have had the right price to draw with your imaginary hand. Do this for all seven days for every session you play. When you fold, find a flop, give yourself a drawing hand, calculate the outs and odds math. You do this over and over for one week, and I guarantee outs and odds are going to become second nature. You're not even going to have to think about it anymore. All right, so question three is about going overboard on HUD usage. This is from Rob. He says, I have a question maybe you can help with. I started using a HUD, and I feel like I'm playing to the HUD, and I'm not paying attention to the action like normal. My game is suffering for it. Any suggestions? All right, thanks for the question, Rob. And it's actually a really timely question, because Mark Warner of ExceptionalPoker.com he published an article on my on my website uh, about how detrimental a HUD can be to your poker skills. Now, he called the article, Sky is Wrong. HUDs are bad for you, kinda. Now, you might be wondering why I would post an article like that. Why would I post an article on my own site about HUDs being wrong? Because you know, I'm all about online poker and using a HUD. But I do believe that you need both sides to every story to truly understand something, right? I have my views on HUD usage, but Mark has his. Mark is a successful poker player and a successful coach who doesn't use a HUD. I'm successful using a HUD. Well, you might as well hear both sides of the story and determine for yourself how far you should go, how often you should use your HUD, right? So one big thing about me is I just don't do echo chambers in general. I'm always down to hear other thoughts on subjects, and I'm always willing to change or evolve my opinion on something based on the other perspectives at hand, right? So I highly recommend that you read Mark's article on my site, and at the end of it, or you know, throughout it, he recommends to consider turning off your HUD occasionally to keep you from relying on it so much and to maintain your non-HUD skills, namely paying attention to the action, understanding who your opponent's, taking notes on your opponents, um, uh, 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 putting them on a range preflop, narrowing that range through the streets. Your HUD doesn't help you do any of that stuff. Well, maybe it kind of helps you do some of it, but basically... Your HUD can be a crutch for some players, and Mark's article will help you to avoid crutch HUD poker, right? <laughs> if you want to call something like that, right? Um, but So that's a great idea from Mark. But from me to you, Rob, if you think you're over-relying on your HUD, here's something else you can do. Pair your HUD down to the most fundamental stats. For example, 
My smart HUD has 16 elements. That's a lot of useful information, but it can be overwhelming and it can cause you potentially to over-rely on that info, right? So what I'd recommend is to create a fundamental HUD. And a fundamental HUD would only contain uh, the top five statistics. So those stats are VPIP and PFR, 2-bet, then fold to 3-bet, 3-bet, then fold to C-bet. Now, let me give you some reasons why these are included. First off, VPIP and PFR, the top two stats, right? These numbers tell you the basic play style of every player at your table. And 18-15, that's a tight aggressive. Maybe a 40-5, hey, that's a loose passive fish, right? Those two numbers are critical. The next one is the 2-bet, then fold to 3-bet. This is a critical stat because, as you know from my first answer to Greg about playing, uh, about becoming a 3-bet warrior and playing for bread and butter, or living for bread and butter, 3-betting makes your opponents uncomfortable, and if they open and then fold off into 3-bets, they're a perfect target for 3-bet bluff. So you want to know this because you want to put your opponents in those ugly situations. You want bread and butter and 3-bet pots. Knowing how often they fold after raising is the perfect stat for that. Now, the next stat, of course, is 3-bet. And the reason why I love this stat is 3-bets are the bane of 2-bets. So knowing how often a player 3-bets, that's critical to help you avoid 3-bets and to help you put them on a 3-betting range to help you defend with calls and 4-bets a little bit better. Now, the last critical stat, the fifth one, is fold-to-flop C-bet. Because you now live for bread and butter. Uh, you're going to have the option to C-bet all the time, right? Because you're striving for that in position and for that range advantage. You are the last pre-flop raiser. Because of this, your opponents are calling. They're often check into the raiser, gives you the opportunity to C-bet. So knowing how they generally play against C-bets, that's going to help your post-flop decisions and your hand-reading decisions, right? If you know this player folds a ton to three bets, I'm sorry, if they fold a ton to C-bets, and you see bet and they call, whoa, that narrows their range a lot. They probably only have the best draws and top pair hands, right? Pretty cool. So I've got a few shout outs to give. The other day was Gumroad Day where I had a special sale for 21% off everything uh, digital on my Gumroad site. Books, webinars, audiobooks, all that jazz, right? And uh, some people took me up on this offer and I've got to thank them. Ray Springer, whoa, he came through and bought pre-flop online poker, post-flop online poker, poker's bread and butter webinar, learning, uh, uh, playing to learn the micro stakes poker webinar, poker math, my poker study boot camp. Ray Springer got all of that. Speaking of the boot camp, Mark Ailmans picked that up as well. Uh, Graham Richardson gave $5 for the Elevate Your Poker Mindset. Thank you very much, Graham. Let's see here. Massimo Gramegna and Brian Chancey both picked up pre-flop online poker. Ramon Egedi, uh, Ramon Egedi got post-flop online poker. Graham Richardson also bought my Finding and Plugging Leaks with Poker Tracker 4 webinar, as did Jim Skistimus. And Kay Horning picked up my Effective HUD Use webinar. All these people took advantage of my crazy Gumroad Day sale, and I want to thank you very much. Now, if any of the products I just mentioned sound appealing to you, you can check them out for yourself. Just go to the show notes page for today, scroll down to the bottom, all the links are right there. All 
Alrighty, your learning isn't complete until you visit the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod three, three, four. I gave you so many links today. This one page can literally have you studying with that four part development plan and all the other stuff I discussed. You could be busy with this one page, cut out all poker overwhelm for two months at least. So you've got to check it out. And I have my $75 guaranteed monthly tournament uh, on America's Card Room Saturday, the 17th of April, 2021 at 2 p.m. Pacific time. You can find it in the America's Card Room tourney private games tab. It's a 3.30 buy-in. The password, really important. Smart Poker Study, all lowercase. Smart Poker Study. For more information, go to smartpokerstudy.com slash tournament. Make your 2021 the best year ever with thepokerforge.com. Until next time, take action on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be.